0: the bcp girls are back from our well wellness retreat that we had um i know professional development workshops yeah definitely did all the professional development and we, we but did. we actually did we woke up and we did 8 a.m yeah. actually like 7 45 a.m yoga on the deck
1: 30 yep mm-hmm.
0: with the view of the lake in the sunshine it was like 20 degrees at 7 30 in we the did morning some like
1: deep breathing it was beautiful and then we had um started the day off with a little celery shot celery celery juice shot shot with some hot hot water and lime lime on the side i didn't have any lemons but lime oh yeah (laughs) And then a little espresso, mm, some avocado with toast. a nice fried
0: egg on the side, nice and yokey, just how we like it. Oh, it was such a good day. And then the day the day got less wellness from there. A little, a little, you know, we went for a paddleboard, just, like, enjoyed the sun, enjoyed the yeah, elements. It was wellness.
1: No, it, it was really good for us. Even though we, like, have our calls every week or mm. every other week, we needed a moment to have some 100%. team bonding to really better relate to each other. And you know what? It was so important and so healing to realize like no matter how much we talk, there's still stuff to learn about each other and still new things we didn't know. 100%. And I think we had some
0: like nice deep dive conversations that we just like needed to have because a lot of the time when me and you connect, it's about the podcast and talking about our amazing guests. But we had like deep conversations about what was actually going on in our own lives. And I think that that was just like a reminder to like take a step back take a break from work reconnect with the people that matter in your life and reconnect with the Mm -hmm. elements in your surroundings because where we were there was nothing really to do except for just be in the present and the moment and outside Mm -hmm. and on the water Mm -hmm. and you know not i that was honestly i think about it today because today was a day i went back to my normal routine and it was a day where i had no worries no concerns and i just was like I'm yeah. spending time with my friend right now, so all the things about work don't matter, yeah. all the things that I'm stressing about in my personal life don't matter because right now I'm with my friend and we have to have fun and we're doing this thing and I felt like it was like the most happy I've been in a while just because yeah. I was truly enjoying myself in the moment and not worried about things that I couldn't control. Yeah.
1: And like really being present in like the conversations mm-hmm. that we had. It wasn't just to like have the most fun day ever, but it ended up being that way just because yeah. we were so in tune with what we were doing and living and through our conversation. It was amazing. I needed it so bad. I haven't had a fun day in what feels like two years. It's not, but it feels like that.
0: No, I know. And it's, you know, when you get into your busy lifestyle and you just don't make time, you know how easy it is to be like, oh my gosh, to a friend, we should definitely get together and do this. And then six months passes and you never do it. Never. It's so difficult. Even us, we're like, oh, we got to do this again. In reality, we're like, when? (laughs) When? (laughs) Most...
1: If it happens again this summer, it'll be amazing, but, like, I'm glad we got it. I'm glad we did it, because you never oh, know really. Let's be in denial like.
0: about it, though.
1: I know. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, it's happening so again. So, today... Professional <laughs> development. Month.
0: Today, we're going to take a little trip to tomorrow, because we are...
1: <laughs> <laughs> down under. Down under. <laughs> going down under. The bosses will see
0: you now. Cue your favorite... Australian actors, Liam Hemsworth, the Hemsworth brothers, um, you know, Mm
1: -hmm.
0: Kangaroos. And Nicole Kidman. And we're taking a little trip to. um, This episode's airing on a Thursday. We're taking a trip to Friday because we filmed this episode with someone who is in Australia. Her name is Erin Tedarenko. She is a wellness, mind, and body coach, and so much more. She does her own independent consulting and coaching and yoga, and she holds uh, hosts and holds wellness retreats. Mm-hmm. Uh, we were so excited to have yeah. her, and honestly, frankly, so excited to be able to coordinate it with our schedules and being on two yes. completely different days of the week. And um, yeah, she shares with us like her tips and tricks on wellness, her personal journey. Mm-hmm. I really think that. This year has been a time that so many people have tried to become more self aware and work on their bodies, Definitely. work on themselves and meditation,
1: manifestation Especially with the time well, with yeah. heaven, you actually have time to like, and think about
0: manifestation it. Manifestation and wellness has just become so big mm-hmm. in the last year. But I am someone who just like struggles where like yeah. like I said, like I was good yesterday because I wasn't thinking about stuff. But the moment you think about yeah. stuff, like it's hard to give yourself a brain break.
1: Absolutely no she gave us some like really actionable mm-hmm. tips on how we can make the most of those brain breaks like we planned a retreat for ourselves like a little workshop but definitely we could use some of her advice that she gave us today to plan a better one or maybe we should just go to hers and she's so personal so comfortable
0: so i think you we should welcome her in because let's yeah, learn about so my wellness welcome erin hello Thank you so much for joining us and being on the pod
2: and letting us interview you. I'm so excited! Pleasure. Yeah. So I um, I got a mind body approach to um, help people heal and build self awareness as well as um, live with more purpose in their lives. And the modalities I use, I guess, or the systems that I use are I use coaching psychology. So it's psychology that's more in the positive psychology space. It's focused on um, growth and leadership and personal develop. It's not a clinical psychology. And then I also work with um, yoga as a philosophy. So like somatic experiences with the body and um, yogic meditation, as well as breathing techniques from yoga um, philosophy as well. So I integrate the, them both and um, my background's also in um, kinesiology in Canada. We we have a different language for that in Australia, so it's more like an exercise physiology or a health science. And um, then I studied a master's in coaching psychology. So I started with the body, which was more um, related to my background playing sport, mostly soccer. And then um, yeah, and then I experienced some some personal experiences with my body um, at the mind-body level, autoimmune disorders, and then got really curious about how the emotions and the, our mindset and our mental health affects our physical health, and started looking for mentors and building my toolbox and techniques. So I work with individuals and in groups, sometimes on on courses um, with leaders, sometimes on retreats with people from all walks of life. And I guess what I find interesting about um, taking people on retreats is I think I've always loved doing that because I grew up playing sport and having what, like sleepovers with people and just spending weeks and weeks with people having long table dinners. And so I'm quite comfortable in that space. And um, I also like people to kind of get out of there every day because it really helps them to like broaden their perspective, especially taking them, to different countries, of taken people to Nicaragua, Indonesia, um, Philippines as well, and brought them to quite remote, off-the-beaten-path locations. And I find that that really helps people to recognize that there's a different way of living, especially if their way of living is getting them stuck or in some ways not working for them.
0: So interesting. interesting. I have so
1: many questions
0: already. Me too. So, so
2: many just popped in my head. Well,
0: and I think like one, my initial thing is, can you just explain to the listeners what mind body awareness
2: is? Like, Yeah. Um, I guess it's, it's building self-awareness through self-inquiry and um, like it could be through meditation, pra- practicing mindfulness. So a lot of the work I do is practicing mindfulness. Um, so I guess mind mind body awareness is recognizing that the mind um affects the body and our emotions affect the body too so if we're holding tension at the level of the mind like we're holding um maybe thought patterns or belief systems that are limiting us in some way or they're not very expansive in in consciousness so they're they're keeping us stuck in some way or they have an emotional experience attached to them then they will create tension in the body um and I, I see that in the science, but I've also experienced that as well. Um, so if I had a, a limiting belief that recognized that the only way to success looked like X, Y, and Z, and then that actually didn't feel good for me, but I was forcing that because of maybe pressure from external sources. It could be, I mean, in my case, it wasn't family, but it could be just, you know, um, lifestyles that you've taken in growing up through schooling or through society culture whatever and then those imprints become impressions in your mind and then those impressions start to filter the way we see the world if we're not fully present and as we know it's 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 a practice to be fully present.
1: That's so interesting. Did this like first concept come when you were doing your education and your schooling or did you kind of make those connections later when you were using your education outside of the school setting?
2: Yeah, a bit of both because part of my journey happened when I was in the school setting. So I guess when I first started to realize those connections was um, in university, I went from studying um, health sciences at University of Victoria and then kind of knew my um, path was going to go further with education because I was excited about education and um, psychology or always felt interesting to me but I guess the psychology that I was studying in my undergrad was um, focused on disorder or um, more um, I guess some of it was like just kind of the basics of psychology but I guess when I was when I was focusing on some of the psychology, it didn't really inspire me. It was more kind of leading me down a path that didn't feel like it was going to be my career choice. And my mom worked in mental health. um, And that was interesting to some degree, but I wasn't really excited about working with, um, I was excited about working with a clientele that I was already working with as a personal trainer. They were, you know, doing amazing things, and I found them really inspiring, but I also wanted to work with them on a, on a more holistic level. So I started personal training after my undergrad and um, meeting amazing people. And then I went to my next steps of study, which um, was physiotherapy. And I had already, um, yeah, been studying towards that and working as an exercise therapist in my undergrad and supporting physiotherapists in clinic. And I guess there was a part of me that knew that wasn't really going to be my career path because I was never really excited about injury that much. And then when I got into my master's at UBC, I realized it wasn't my path. And I started listening to my intuition and recognizing, okay, this is probably not where you want to spend most of your time and energy. And But then that's kind of when I got into the tension of the stories in my mind that were like, you know, everything from, oh, you've you've taken a spot, and then there was guilt, and then, oh, you can't be a quitter, and then there was fear, and what will I do after, and then there was more fear, and then that kind of turned into, you know, a little bit of anxiety, and then I didn't know how to deal with emotions, so repression of emotions and um, wanting to keep going because of fear of the unknown, but also having the intention of, I don't feel like this is for me. So I had that inner ter- turmoil and then I made the decision to leave, but the, the body stuff had already caught up with me. And I started experiencing a suppressed immune system because of um, probably my nervous system firing a lot because I was in constantly in my head and also constantly busying myself as a bit of an addiction just to kind of avoid avoid the thoughts. I find it so
0: uh, interesting when you say that like you really started to notice just by being busy and just kind of like being in like a program that you like maybe didn't feel like super connected to but you were doing something and you were still accomplishing something so you kind of like became addicted to just like doing and accomplishing but then the moment you had the time to like sit back and stop you just felt so exhausted and overwhelmed and like unhappy and I feel like for a lot of people especially a lot of people like our age too that are in programs and they don't really know and I definitely think that it's easy to be like, well, I am i have no idea what I want to do, but I'm going to just do this program because then I can say, even if it's not satisfying me or fulfilling me, I can say that I'm accomplishing something and then that helps you sleep better at night just to say that you're doing it. and You're staying busy when you're not filling your cup and you're actually causing more harm than good to yourself. But that's yeah. a hard realization to have when you're paying for it and when you're committing to it and when you've done, say, like two out of three years, like I'm, I'm starting law school in September, I'm reading a book right now about, and one of the advice parts of it is saying like, law school isn't for anyone, everyone, and if you're in your second year, and you don't feel like you should finish, there are some reasons why you maybe should stop doing law school in your second year rather than finishing the third year just to get it, right? Like weighing those pros and cons, but I just think that really resonated with me when you said, you know, staying busy, and then the moment that you stop, you realize that you're just causing yourself to deteriorate.
2: You know, totally, Kennedy, you've completely nailed it. And if you recognize that it's not a bad thing if you choose a different path and you're not any less than to choose a different path, it's really that's actually quite commendable. Um, and that's something that really helped me to make that decision because that was, you know, I didn't, I had such a, um, I put people on pedestals that were um, yeah, you kind of like put on pedestals when I was younger, like people who go to school or get these professional degrees are the way to go. And now I'm not, so I'm surrounded by people from like all walks of life, lots of creatives, lots of people living very, um, different paths and defining success on their own terms. And that's something that I like to do with my clients is help them really clarify what success is because, It is really easy to get down the rabbit hole of achievement. And society does a good job to reinforce that rest cycles are not valuable. You know, like I remember my dad saying, do you want to take a year off before I went to university? And I was thinking like in a very judgmental way, no, no. Like that's what the losers do. And actually I would have loved taking a year off and traveling and exploring like I have since. Um, And it actually took me quite a long time to, Finish my um, higher education or my my university education because I needed those breaks. I actually took a year off in my second year to travel um, because I was so had I was building so much pressure on myself and just not clear on what I wanted to do. Um, and I think that opened the window for me to to travel and explore later on, which has been a huge part of my education.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, no. I think Cass and I can agree with that. We've, we've talked about that on previous podcast episodes because we both went straight from high school and did our undergrads and we were both very like involved and studying and just like came out very tired and we ended up both taking a year off after our undergrad because Andrew's working now and I was working and then I'm going back to school so we've had this last year off and that's why we started this podcast was in this gap year. So We never would have had this without, you know, that time apart. But we often talk about it and we're like, gosh, like I, you know, we, we feel so tired and we're like, we're not even doing anything. Like I'm more tired right now than I was when I was at school 12 hours a day doing my undergrad. And I also, I don't know, like I personally am not someone who knows how to be mindful. I think like I, I'm someone where my mind is going at all hours of the day, you know, like how do you. I guess my question is like, how do you start when you have a busy person who's known for being a busy person? How do you start teaching them to be mindful?
2: Um, I think there's a few ways. And as I mentioned, like I found um, mindfulness through a moving practice. Obviously, yoga is more than the movement. It's a a big system. But um, I found I started to tap into it through a moving practice and starting to get glimpses. awareness and when i did my yoga teacher training it was very powerful i remember i went away to a small island in thailand and i was really busy at the time like like on the verge of burnout and even after i had gotten sick it was like my patterns were still there um and i was thinking oh my gosh how am i gonna how am i gonna do this like live so simply without stimulus. And at first I was a little bit antsy, but then the practices started working and I found myself looking up at the stars and really finding peace with, with doing very little, just connecting with nature. Um, so sometimes it is, uh, to get back to your question, sometimes it is a movement practice that gets people and then maybe they have glimpses of presence and inner contentment and maybe like connection or bliss. And then it's like, oh, what's that? And they get interested. It, um, It's a good time to talk about it because I actually, I host retreats regularly. So every week and um, there's the people at the retreat this week are all, that's very common, the very overstimulated, um, v- very burnout. That's the common language. And as I mentioned, you can see it in the movement. You can see it in the breath. You can see it in the exhaustion. Um, And there's many ways. So part of it is having the motivation to realize that and, and not, I guess not glorifying busyness, you know, recognizing that like everything comes in cycles, everything comes in cycles. We, we have the night and day to show us cycles and we have to show us rest. And if you look at nature and if you look even at our, at sports, you know, there's rest cycles, there's an off season, there's a, rest season there's a training season there's peak season um and we have to look at those those rest cycles and recognize that we need them um i do work with people who you know are working quite intense jobs maybe senior leaders in corporate businesses and um some of them have forgotten rest cycles and start operating what say from the head up, and they haven't honored their body and the wisdom that the body has. Um, so I think it comes with n- the motivation and recognizing, okay, there's an importance to rest, but there's also um, there's also that presence that you said that can be restful whilst doing. So you can be mindful whilst doing things. Um, and yeah, there's a whole lot of tools and techniques. So, for example, um, you could be practicing with as um, even five minutes a day of some sort of um, meditation practice. You could be practicing breath work. You could be practicing um, doing more of something that you already know you have presence in. So it could be, for me, cycling. Like when I bike... I'm really aware of my thoughts coming and going and I feel really connected to sensation, the air on my skin. I feel really connected to my surroundings. Being in nature for a lot of people is a mindfulness practice and it just spontaneously brings them into their senses. Um, And I guess the common thing is I hear that meditation on like what you said, Kennedy, my mind's so busy. Like, where do I begin? some people say I'm too, my mind's too busy to meditate. Um, There's always somewhere to begin. So in yoga, we have um, mindfulness style meditation, which is, you know, paying attention to the breath or doing a body scan or checking in with the senses, hearing, um, what do you see? Sometimes I do with my clients, if you feel yourself in a state of you're in caught in your mind or your nervous system is dysregulated or in sympathetic overload, you find yourself Nervous or anxious or you're having an emotional experience Um, you could feel your feet grounding on the earth, you know, just bring yourself to that sensation You could name five things in the room Like start looking around and notice anything to get you out of getting caught in the head the stories
1: So
0: when you say you're cycling and you're really aware of your thoughts by that you mean like you're aware of your current state, like, you're noticing how you're feeling, like, the sensations, what's around you, you're not aware of your thoughts in the sense that you're thinking about what happened 10 minutes ago, what's going to happen tomorrow, or, like, something that's a concern in your life right now,
2: right? Yeah, that's a good, um, I guess that's a good thing to pay attention to, it's a good thing to discern from, is that there's um, getting caught up in your thoughts, which is Um, we could actually do a little metaphor that I learned from my mentor and I teach a lot of my clients um, and you can see it in a, in a moment. Um, There's a difference between getting all caught up in your thoughts, meaning that you're viewing the world through your thoughts, or you're so focused on your thoughts that it's unconscious. You're not aware. It's like when you drive and you didn't even, you you know, the drive so well, you didn't even realize it's like you you were in your thoughts so much. You didn't, all of a sudden you're at your destination and you didn't even know how you got there. Um, whereas awareness of thoughts is different. It's like with our attention, we have the ability to take it to, we, can, we have the ability to be flexible with it. So for example, we can be external with our attention where we're attending to things in our outer environment and we could be attending to things with our, our attention. So we're noticing um, things in our environment like what i said naming five things or seeing the trees seeing the sky seeing the stars whatever um we could be experiencing our environment um, with sound with our senses we could be experiencing it through felt sense on our skin um so yeah we could be paying attention to the environment right and our attention is with the felt sense or we could be putting our attention internally and internally, what do we have to pay attention to? We can pay attention to our thoughts. Um, we could pay attention to our sensations or our feelings. But, or we could um, take our attention really broad where, you know, I could be attending to you too right now, very narrow, looking at my computer screen, but I could also go broad. So if I heard an alarm or an ambulance in the background, I might notice that and then come back to this. But for the last few minutes, I haven't noticed much in my environment. There's bird sounds, there's different sounds, because I've been so focused narrowly. And that happens with our thoughts, too. We become so focused narrowly on our thoughts that we're almost disconnected with everything else. But we're always present to something, whether it's our thoughts or the environment or a person. Um, It's just being aware of where your attention is. So when you're starting
1: mindfulness and meditation, would you say like carve out time for yourself every day, every week? Where should you start?
2: Yeah, so I lead a, a course, um, I call it awakening resilience, but it's a mindfulness-based course, it's learning all these tools. And where we start with that is yeah, it could be carving out time with a body scan. But I also might say, okay, give yourself a body scan. So you're starting to get used to paying attention to to your body to this vessel that Gives you a lot of information. I also say things like practice it in life. So pick something. It could be the shower, it could be washing dishes, it could be drinking your tea or your coffee, something that you do regularly that you can start practicing. So when you're in the shower, for example, you might practice paying attention to how the water sounds Um, when you're in there. You might pay attention to how the sensations of the water on your skin, the temperature, how the, the drops of water touch your skin. You might be really attentive to the way you wash your skin or your hair. Um, and you're really tapped into sensations. Or you could practice in conversation. If you if you know you're going to have a meeting every morning. So for people who have meetings every morning, they might practice, I'm going to be really present. So when I'm paying attention in this conversation, I'm going to use my attention alternatively to paying attention to them and also paying attention to my internal state.
1: Do you think there should ever be like when you're first starting setting a time limit for yourself? I find often I'll try to do meditation or I'll try to be really present in a meeting. And after I'm almost emotionally exhausted and just by listening to my own thoughts and actually taking time to listen, it makes me feel really tired. So should I maybe not set a 20 minute limit or do it every other
2: day if I'm feeling that way? Why do you think you're emotionally, why do you think you feel tired when you pay attention?
1: I find when I'm trying really hard to be present, especially now working from home, I find that it almost mentally exhausts me trying to be so focused online and focusing on my computer screen that I almost need to take a break from that presence and kind of give myself a break, Meet like work-wise. Mm-hmm. And yeah. then sometimes when I'm trying, I'm trying to be more like manifesting and doing more meditation. And I find that I get kind of almost down a rabbit hole of all of the feelings that I haven't thought of for a really long time because I've been so busy that I kind of get overwhelmed.
2: Yeah. Yeah. So there are techniques how to, you know, be with emotions from a place of witnessing. So we call it witness or observer. Um, And the witness or observer is like you're observing it almost like you're somebody else observing yourself. Definition of mindfulness, there's lots of definitions, but the ones that come up frequently are being curious, open, and willing, non-judgmental. So sometimes our challenge is that we're judgmental. Oh, there's, oh, I have that thought, or oh, I have that. And that actually can be quite exhausting because we're judging everything we notice. So with like stuff like working at a computer and having a lot of focus, um, technology can be quite draining on our system we lose a lot of energy through our eyes so if we're like looking at a screen yeah it can be quite draining in itself so it is nice to be able to you know step away and having a little alarm so you can actually just check in what's my what's my body doing because our posture is affected and then our breathing is affected so that can be exhausting because we're not breathing
1: yeah I like that I think you nailed it when you said don't be judgmental because I think that's probably what's exhausting me is I I have a thought comes in, and I'm judging it instead of just letting it pass.
2: Yeah, I think a lot of things to that. A real practical thing that I find helpful is, and it, it's empowering too to know these thoughts that we have, their impressions that are coming out at us. We're having thousands, I can't remember the number, but we're having so many thoughts per day. There's numbers out there to say this is how many thoughts we have. And each one of them can take us down a little rabbit hole, right? And some of them, depending on the emotional experience, even how we're holding our posture, or how tired we are, or what's happening hormonally, some of them can be quite um, unhelpful. And they can they can be related to insecurities. And even when we follow them down the rabbit hole, can take us to more of an emotional, and that can build on each other. Where then. Experiencing very unhelpful, you just have to feel sick or you know hungover or something, and then you notice, oh, okay, that there's the quality of those thoughts is very different. It's a very low energy. It's not, it's not very positive in there anymore. So I, I listened to this amazing podcast at one point, and it really resonated with me because I had, um, it was the theory to kind of an experience I had when I was in my early twenties. It was information as food that if we start to pay attention to the information we take in the same way we are discerning about the food we take in we know i had something quite sugary or i had something quite um with a lot of preservatives that that's going to affect my body in a way that's going to kind of throw me off a bit the same with with information if we're reading magazines or paying attention to junk television we're taking in junk um and if we're paying attention to a societal belief that doesn't work for us um we're taking that in and then we perpetuate it by repeating that or paying attention to it over and over again it could be as simple as beauty looks a certain way and the reality is we all know that beauty is well, of course, in the eyes of the beholder, but it's also very different from society to society. I
1: really like the food example, because I think it's so easy to understand, like, healthy food makes your body healthy, but we don't think about, for our mental health, what the same equation would be. So I think if you think of thoughts and information as food, like, it's easier for us to understand health and unhealthy.
0: So what would you say, like, you were saying that, you know, a lot of the people that you work with like they're so busy or they're they have these thoughts that stem from their own insecurities and issues in their life and I think that it might be easier sometimes to you know close the magazine and say okay I'm not going to give myself that information and I'm not going to provide myself like with that information as food thought um, if you can recognize that it's unhealthy for you. But what if you're someone who, for example, like you constantly are worrying and perseverating and almost like creating false thoughts in your head or a narrative?
2: Yeah, well, um. so how, So the, the main question is how do we work with a thought that um, maybe is quite common because of the environment we're in and it's coming quite consistently or frequently? Yeah, and it's an unhealthy
0: um, thought or a thought that is causing you to be more stressed and causing you to every time you're washing the dishes, now you're worried because it's a thought that's just every time you have a quiet moment is popping into your head.
2: Yeah. I mean, there's many, there's many ways of, and that's the good thing is there's, there's a toolbox and that's what I always suggest to people have a lot of resources, inner resources. So that helps you be resourceful and resilient. Um, so there's, there's a lot of modalities and that's the great thing. So I work with lots of modalities that are mindfulness based, but then there's other modalities or methods or scientifically based models that are working with thoughts in different ways so there's there's a lot of different ways but I guess from the mindfulness perspective it's first it's it's recognizing that it is a thought okay this thought is showing up um and it's not true it's not real it doesn't have any power over me unless I let it um and really paying attention to is paying attention to this thought helpful for me so we can kind of go check in like get really curious like is paying attention when i do pay attention to this thought what behaviors result from it what does it kind of um push me to do when i'm really feeling like i need to obey this thought if we just focus on work as one life area and A lot of people do, they're not, they're creating all these goals, even if they are high performers and they're creating and they have awareness, they might create a lot of goals in one life area, but what they don't realize is that it's affecting other life areas. I heard this amazing story where a woman um, turned down a promotion and in her company, it was all about getting to the next, getting to the next. She turned down a promotion because she's holistic like everyone else. She's a mom. She likes her activities. She likes to have freedom. She likes to have leisure time. And she turned down the promotion. And people around her were like, you turned down a promotion? Like, you, you, didn't, you, you didn't take an opportunity to, um, get to, the ne- to get to the next level of success? She said, because it wasn't a promotion. In my opinion, it wasn't a promotion. It would have taken away me. It might have been more money. That's one small aspect of it but it meant that I didn't have as much time with the kids or I didn't have as much free time for this or it meant that, and holistically, it wasn't a promotion. So I love helping people to see that as an example because we can get caught up as this, defi- this one area defines success, but then everything else is falling off. And now we're wondering why that's not making us happy.
0: Well, yeah, yeah, I think. But I think that you can get caught up in, like, if you are good at something, like achieving and craving and wanting more and then you find that like your self-esteem can come from just achieving a lot and you when you take a step back you would probably see that the other things that you value in your life like friends and family relationships are so um I guess deprived you become defining
2: yourself or you're identifying with the success and that's a watch out too um and I'm not saying that because there are people who put a lot of energy into becoming high performers. And there's a, there are a lot of documentaries out there, or life biographies, life stories of where you see that these high performers might've sacrificed in other areas and maybe they didn't have the best home life or relationship with their children or whatever, you know, because they gave so much energy to the thing that they were really good at. And that might be part of their life path, you know? So I don't know. I couldn't say all like, that that wasn't success because holistically it could have been success that for them that was their life path what i mean is that we want to be intentional about it so if we are putting everything towards the career or putting everything towards the sport or putting everything towards being a good parent um if we are putting lots of our energy to one thing that we're intentional about it. So we know I'm doing that and that has consequences. And the result is my health is going a little bit because I'm, I'm doing whatever I can to, um, be a high performer in this area. Um, but it's when it's not, not conscious, then it becomes, then it gets people stuck because as soon as that thing goes, they have an injury or, they lose their job or whatever, or other things fall in their life because of and if they fall apart then then it wasn't intentional because they they're now they relied on that thing to to keep them the one that you just described, Kennedy, where someone's like, "I really want to be the best, but also this is causing me stress so there that's a form of tension it's like we we're really we're committed to something or we're attached to something and the attachment causes tension because although that thought serves us in in some ways it doesn't in other ways or the relationship may that with that person may serve us in some ways but it doesn't in other ways so we have to navigate our boundaries and creating boundaries can help us release some of the tension of like um, I want to hang out with that person, but I never feel good after I hang out with that person or um, I'd love, like I, I'm, I love being in a relationship with this person. Cause that resolves some of the tension I have around fear of being alone, but ultimately that relationship's not good for me. So I have to resolve the tension around being um, that the unknown is scary. And that that's super good. Those show up in many different ways. There's many ways that, that tension can come up. So I help people resolve their tension around what they, how they define success because you're going to see the tension when someone's been brought up to understand that success looks this way. So
1: for somebody that's kind of relating to these scenarios we're talking about, would they go to the Awakening Resilience course
2: that you have? The Awakening Resilience course, what it does is it, it can teach... Um, People, I, I'm very specific that of my scope. So I work with a general population. If someone is working with, you know, um, trauma, that's, that's really big or PTSD, or they've had some sort of um, diagnosis or mental, mental health issues that need professionals like a clinical psychologist or um, doctor support or whatever then I make sure that I'm working with them in conjunction and that what I'm working with them on is going to be supportive to the other work that they're doing. In my course, it's working with, it's people that just want to have resources, want to live with more fulfillment. And then I have another course um, that's more along the lines of, I call it um, a self-leadership course, that's more along the lines of, becoming more aware of what, how you define success. So it's working with values, with purpose, with um, broader visions in those holistic life categories. Doing the retreats,
1: I was looking on your website and that looks incredible.
2: Yeah, well, the retreats, we, um, so I started with a friend in Canada um, Mm. in two thousand. I think we did our first one in 2010. We started doing like local ones in Naramata. Okay.
1: Oh, nice.
2: Yeah. Which was nice. Someone lent us their property and um, Mm. yeah, and we did it. I guess what was cool about it is we did like, um, there was a big orchard on the property and he wanted to donate all the the fruit to um, the Vancouver food bank and um, so. Christy and I held a retreat there and part of it was picking fruit. And that was yeah. amazing because people that was meditative. People yeah. got to touch the fruit that they were eating and then we would do different things with it we would juice the fruit or we would make it into um, dishes on, on the property as we were. So I think for some people that's a form of mindfulness connecting to where their food's coming from and then being really present when they're picking the food. and
1: oh that's awesome yeah I think me and Kennedy should go. yeah should go. <laughs> let's do it.
0: Can you um like speaking of that, can you plug like your website and your social and how people can find you and learn more and um, reach out to you? For, yeah, because you would do services like virtually too, right? like yeah, so actually the it, two
2: yeah. the two courses that I have online I used to do um, individually with people, so they were kind of developed over multiple years of like doing them on retreats and then doing them with individual clients. And then when when the world kind of shut down in terms of travel and groups getting together, um, I, I ended up putting them online and doing them as Zoom. So those are the two main ones that I like with the content that I love to deliver most, those two ones that I talked about. Um, yeah, so I do those online kind of on demand. Like if I get a few people interested, then I put a group together and sometimes I put out some dates part of it is that we get to talk about these things that might otherwise have a bit of shame around them like oh I had this thought and that was insecure or whatever and we get to talk about those in a safe environment. I think that's such a great point the normalization of
0: that and like kind of getting rid of that stigma of just like you know mental and physical health and awareness so I really like that especially like during this time.
2: That empowerment piece is just so important. And I think, you know, when we look at our own why, like my why is that I went through times in my life, where I really struggled and to, to, and the language that was attached was that there's something wrong, you know, there's something wrong with me, because I have these thoughts or because um, I'm not strong enough to get past this. So I would push and that was Part of the pushing, having that language of said, oh, this is actually really normal, and that doesn't make me weak or anything like that. That is, it actually empowers me to have tools to actually be like to to choose or have freedom around this stuff, and to recognize that these things are impermanent, and they're everybody's working with them, and it doesn't make me less than.
1: It's incredible. This was so useful.
2: Let's do the wrap-up
0: questions. I'm yep. so interested. So the first one is. We always get people to plug. Like we're based in Kamloops, BC, but a local business. But what because we've actually been expanding a lot of our guests to people in like the states and like with you in Australia, it's been really cool. Is plugging like a social media page or someone that oh, runs a business.
2: Cool. Um. So just one. Yeah. Yeah. I might go with um Mash Movement. So my friend Maggie Ainsley, she's now in Toronto, but she's a Kamloops girl. And then Kasha Mitten, they've been doing um some great work with the Mash Movement where they raise awareness around different charitable organizations that might need some love. Um, they're also both yoga teachers. One's a educator and one's a nurse as well. And they, um, yeah, they've been doing some really cool stuff on their page. And I think they get together and do a few events, but they do events online or raise awareness of things online as well.
0: Cool. I love that. So they can, we can find them on like Instagram and social. Like, yeah. Yeah. M A S
2: H movement. Mash. Okay.
1: Sweet. Yep. Thank you. Cast number two. Second wrap-up question is: What is your boss chick anthem? A song that you just oh. feel like a boss when you listen to it. Hypes you up when you need it. And we'll add it to our little playlist.
2: Oh, okay, that's interesting.
0: <laughs> <laughs> or even even like a like an artist who you would recommend to someone who is trying to become more, like, as, like, music to do yoga to, like,
2: something like that. Yeah, well, I've got lots of music to do yoga to, but maybe an artist that, um, based along that lines of, like, that could help, you know, bring more consciousness or, you Mm -hmm. know, bring more awareness, because, and actually, yeah, this is a really good one. I haven't listened to him for a little while, but do you know Xavier Redd? Yes. Yeah, he's he's amazing because I'll I'll Mm -hmm. give his album props because first of all, he lives just up the road. So he's pretty much a local. He's just up the. um, Yeah, he's uh, not up the road, up the road. But um, (laughs) um, there are quite a few uh, local celebrities up the road, but he's in. Um, a town just a few down His yeah like I've been to I've seen him in concert so many times and his presence when he holds space for the room mm-hmm. is very beautiful I remember actually at a time when I was in kind of a burnout mode in Vancouver mm-hmm. and you know when you just are like oh my gosh I can't do any more and my friends had bought me tickets to go to a concert I think it was at like not the, or, or was it was like on Granville Street, one of the kind of older, like small venues. And I went to see him there and I just left so inspired by the presence and the power of music. Because I was in such burnout, I was literally like, oh, every day was a bit of a slog at the time because I was just tired. Um So I think it really helped me then, but then his music, like if you listen to the lyric, there's one song called Messages that it's just like, it's really conscious music. It really helps you to kind of think differently about yeah. about life. Yeah,
1: That's an awesome choice. Okay, I love that. Yeah, yeah that worked out really well, actually. Mm-hmm. Well, that's everything on our yeah, side. Yeah, that's all of our
0: questions. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much for just You're so welcome. Time. That's this been fun. This was so
1: insightful. It was incredible. Wow. Thank you so much, Erin, mm-hmm. for all of the tips that you gave us today, sharing your own experience and your story and how you kind of came into yeah. creating this mind-body awareness for yourself and now you're helping empower others to do the same is so inspiring. Yeah,
0: honestly, like, what I found so interesting was that it wasn't just about, you know, like, the physical healing of retreats Mm -hmm. or the mental, it was both. Like, her saying that she treats people to chronic illnesses, um, and so it's, like, the psychological factor behind it and how it it affects your body. Because, like we said, like, it's so easy to be like, oh my gosh, I had my celery juice this morning and I did my yoga. (laughs) I am health. I'm the definition of health. When you're literally, like, crying at a (laughs) ball in the corner. No, not about to burn
1: out. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm.
0: Or you're, like, keeping yourself so busy that you're distracting from your own thoughts because you just don't want to listen to them and you don't know how to deal with them. So I think, like, the psychological aspect behind it was just so motivating, I think, to actually. I think it's scary to become comfortable listening to your thoughts and being quiet. And I'm definitely someone who, if (sighs) I'm washing the dishes, I have also, uh, like, the TV going and I'm talking to no, someone on the phone. Too. Like, there's, like, no... I'm the same. I can't be alone with myself. Oh, no. <laughs> it's a red flag. But we're here to fix it and turn it into a
1: green flag. No. No, but it's super true and I feel no, like most I, people are like that. I'm like that. I, I'm like that, too. I thought it was so great that she was able to kind of show, like, if you have physical signs, like, you need to also check in with your mental, and if you have mental, like, you need to also look at your physical signs, and she, as much as we've learned about manifesting Mm -hmm. or meditation, it is, like, you talk about it in high school and university. I've never heard someone explain it, how she did, like, the idea of giving your brain its own food through information. Mm I really enjoyed that metaphor. It makes a lot of sense, so it was the most digestible way i've i've had that explained to me no
0: me too i really i really enjoyed that
1: check out her website check out the um Absolutely. business that she shouted out
0: but also like yeah yep. check out the services that she offered now is the time to like take advantage of these virtual wellness um retreats and coaching yeah. to become more self-aware whether that's going to yoga going to her retreats going to therapy like this is the time exactly. we are we are promoting wellness on the bcp event.
1: we are and with everything being online, it's a little bit less scary than meeting somebody in person. Yeah. There's a, it's still personable, mm-hmm. and it works within your schedule, but it's a little bit less of that big step to take, mm-hmm. but you're still getting those benefits. It's definitely a good time to do it. And
0: another thing that you can do for your wellness is mm. listen to us, because look yes. at us promoting wellness. Look at us being healthy um, chicks, just promoting all the health yeah. and the self-worth and the growth. Uh, it's really hard to put into you don't practice. Want to keep that to yourself.
1: No. Yeah. You don't want to keep all these learnings just for mm. yourself. One of the biggest important things to do is to share it with others. Mm. Good karma. It's good for your posture, <laughs> your tension. It'll, it'll all be released when you press that share button, mm. press that mm. download mm. button. Like, subscribe, subscribe leave, leave
0: us a review, and you will honestly have the most mind-body wellness you could ever have.
1: Absolutely. <laughs> if you leave a really nice review and prove to us that you download always like it's on continuous download for us maybe you'll get invited to our next the retreat, uh, professional oh, retreat. Mean, you want to be like <laughs> VIP to our
0: personal BCP yeah. retreat mm-hmm. that
1: sounds so yeah. fun <laughs>
0: they're like no that's the worst <laughs> thing Which I don't want to be there <laughs>
1: No, no, no. It's fun. Even if it's just like a psychological experiment for you to just like be a fly on the wall and see what we do. like Be a part of our TikToks. Calm down. Enjoy oh, it. Yeah, exactly. It's good TikToks to come. Thank like. you guys so much for
0: continuing to listen and being patient with us on our breaks because yes. we've been extremely busy in our own personal lives and our work lives and things that we've had going on. So we appreciate yeah, the people who put up with us delaying some episodes and coming in, mm-hmm. uh, putting out content when we can. So thank you so much. Yes,
1: thank you so much. We love you. We appreciate you. Yeah. Well. Now, oh. you know oh, it's what? We need to set some boundaries, and it's time to, I think, go We're further. about you. We're, we're out of here. Like, the boundary is done. Like, <laughs> we here. love you,
0: but there's a boundary. There's <laughs> well, a I'm line. The the lights, lights off. are off. <laughs> Nobody's home. Okay. <laughs> All right, that is it for us this Decided. week. The bosses are
1: out. The office is now closed. And we will see
2: you in two weeks.